Welcome to this week's Heathcliff. My name is Dave. This is the podcast where I describe and analyze the single panel syndicated cartoon Heathcliff that appears in uh, newspapers around the country uh, and online at GoComics's website, gocomics.com slash Heathcliff. It might appear online elsewhere for all I know, but that's where I find it. I do this You know, I say every week I do this for reasons I'm not sure of, and that's true. And I also say that I'm not particularly interested in trying to figure out why, Um, which is mostly true. But I am feeling a little introspective today for whatever reason, and I was thinking about why I'm doing this um, and why I started when I started. Uh, And... I haven't made a secret of the fact that on this podcast that my my uh, you know it'd be it'd be dramatic, very over dramatic to say my life fell apart over the past year or two. Uh, I have a very supportive wife, wonderful friends, a great job that I like. Um, but my uh, parents both developed dementia at the same time. Um, and it was, you know, th- th- that's a process. It was a process of a couple of years, but um, to to sort of put a marker on the time, um, it was extremely. It, the first meeting we had with an attorney as a family about what was happening um, was on the day after Donald Trump's inauguration. And that's um, uh, a relevant, uh, I think, time marker because that's also when, uh, you know, you know, the country's been going nuts for a while. Uh, Trumpism isn't new. In fact, Trumpism uh, relates to uh, a lot of the original sins of the country. But um, at the same time, um, holy crap, all of a sudden we're making this huge huge shift into just diving right into it and then accepting the insanity. And, you know, like, uh, in the same way, dementia, um, uh, sort of returns uh, a person's mind to its first, um, troubles, um, which means my mom has become, you know, very anxious and depressed because she fought anxiety and depression her whole life. And my dad has become very much himself, which is to say, um, mean to service employees. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, at a time when, you know, I was sort of circling the bowl on um, feeling, you know, like there was no escape from lunacy, um, I found Heathcliff. And it's funny, you know, like yesterday, uh, I'm recording this on uh, Tuesday morning, February 5th. Yesterday, it uh, it hit late, relatively late, that um, Donald Trump's inaugural uh, was now, I think, the fifth or sixth entity with the word Trump on it that is under current investigation by the feds. Um, 
and it's a it's a huge story. It uh, I mean it's so old and boring to, at this point to say. Imagine any other president. This would end their presidency. This would be a huge huge scandal. It's a huge story, and yet you like if you go online and look at it, or you know look at social media, which please don't do that. Um, you see the people who are invested in the story, the either like journalists who had a hand in it, or people who really believe in good governance or whatever, or just partisans who hate Trump for partisan reasons, uh, just screaming it to the rafters, trying to get attention. And it's really not, it hasn't caught yet for whatever reason, at least as of the recording of this, you know, it's out there, it's, it's on the front pages of newspapers, but you don't feel it like hitting people in the same way anymore. Um, so, you know, you sort of get used to crazy in a lot of ways. Um, and like I said, at a time when I was feeling particularly unmoored by insanity, um, or not insanity, but like how, how many sudden left turns had occurred in and around my life, um, here's... Here, here I find, uh, I think I, I found Garbage Ape first and then Heathcliff. And I don't know, I, there's something about the way in which Heathcliff's intentionally not, no longer trying to be in the world of comics as we understand it. Um, there's something about intentionally digging oneself into that, that I find that, I, that certainly for where I have been, you know, over the past couple of years and I'm trying to get out of that. I still find very, um, significant. I don't know that that answers any questions or it was particularly even important to say. Um, but I do, I do feel a, a certain kinship with this comic. And so with all that said, let's get into the comics for the week gone by. It's the week of January 28th, 2019. So Monday, January 28th, 2019, we're in one of the sitting rooms, one of the many mutating sitting rooms. We've commented on how um, Heathcliff's home seems to change its layout and um, uh, furniture and doorways and all that stuff. But uh, we're in a sitting room. Um, Seated is a man. Um, we've seen him before. He's one of the sort of background friends that we see at parties or whatever at uh, Heathcliff's owner's place. He, wear, he wears glasses. He's basically dressed like Heathcliff's owner, the elderly man. So he's wearing... Uh, blue pants, yellow shoes, um, sort of a red 
over or sitting coat, maybe, um, and then a white collared shirt. He has glasses on. He has brown hair. So he's younger and he's um, sitting on like a mid-century modern blue chair. There's a little desk with a lamp on it next to where he's seated. He's seated in the sort of center right of the panel. In the background of the panel are um, Heathcliff's owner lady. The She's the elderly woman um, who's always wearing a purple skirt suit thing. She's wearing that purple skirt suit thing right now. Um, and she has white hair. Uh, she's wearing heels. Um, and standing next to her is uh, her single white female friend, um, the woman who's always pictured coming over and um, is basically dressed identically to her, um, except that the color of her suit is a lighter shade of purple. She has brown hair. She's also got glasses on. Um, They're observing Heathcliff, these two. They're, like I said, they're in the background, sort of watching through an entryway into this room. Heathcliff has taken one of his patented mighty leaps into the air. He's about to come crashing down. Specifically, he's about to come crashing down on the man uh, who's seated, who's also looking up at Heathcliff, though his expression is blank. He seems to be accepting his fate. And I say he's going to come crashing down on the man, but in actuality, he's going to become... He's going to come crashing down on what's on the man's head, which is a fishbowl, a small fishbowl, head-sized, with a green fish in it. So just to sort of recap, man, seated on chair, has fishbowl on head. Uh, two women uh, observe him seated on chair with fishbowl on head. Heathcliff wants to eat a fish, so he is about he is mid attack on that fishbowl. Glass, fish, water, presumably cut up man, mere seconds away from happening. The younger woman her mouth is open, she's providing the caption to the panel and she's saying I told Frank not to wear that. So this is some important color for this world. Um, up until now, at least in the time I've been doing this podcast, I don't think we've uh, closed the loop on the relationship that this younger woman has in her life. And now we see that um, she has this man in her life. So we know now that and, and, and we know from other comics that this woman is the neighbor of these people. So this is a neighbor gathering um, where uh, the two women have put on their finest skirt suits. And um, for whatever reason, the man put a fish on his head. And we know... You know, we can we can certainly guess that that these people are in a committed, uh, long term relationship. Uh, we don't 
we don't get for sure that it's marriage, but everything in Heathcliff is pretty traditional. So one would assume these are a married couple. Um, I don't know if it's significant that they both have glasses, but um, you can sort of imagine the argument, like the woman's like, we're going over to the Heathcliff house. And the man is like, God, not the Heathcliff house. First and foremost, uh, they dress incredibly formally every night. Secondly, you're all over there all the time and they're more your friends than mine. They're, they're 50 years older than us. They're not in our peer group. Um, and the woman's like, well, I like to check on them. You know, they are getting older. Uh, and the guy's like, well, they have a psychotic cat, uh, and a child. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of eyes on them. Also, the cat is like a murderer. Like he is legitimately, uh, committed murder. Remember the robot he got that, that walked around town and spit fire at everybody. And one was like, well, that was a mistake on his part, but he's, he's not, he's not a bad guy. And anyway, like, shouldn't we check on them if there's a a problem at the house? And the guy's like, I don't want to go there. I want to watch a uh, deal or no deal and have a couple beers. I've had a long day. And the woman's like, you, you, Howie Mandel is unsettling. Why are you watching him? And the guy's like, you know what? Fine, we'll go. But I'm bringing Herman and I'm putting him on my head. And the woman's like, don't do that. You know what'll happen. You know the way that cat is. And the guy's like, no, no, you say the cat's fine. The cat's fine. If the cat's fine, then we shouldn't have a problem. And the woman's like... You got me, Herman, as a gift, and now you are doing this. Now you're now you're putting him in danger, and 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 not to mention yourself because you're putting him on your head. And the guy's like, "No, let's go, let's go. I'm sure it'll be fine. The cat's fine." I assume it went like that. Um, anyway, um, everybody's about to lose. It's one of those situations where, where no one's going to win. Everybody's going to feel bad. And uh, Herman, the, the fish is going to die. The likelihood of glass getting into the scalp of this man, very high. Going to be a lot of cleanup of blood and, you know, fish guts and water at Heathcliff's house. Heathcliff is, Heathcliff will win. Heathcliff as usual wins. He he gets a good meal out of it. Let's move on. To the comic for Tuesday, January 29th, 2019. <laughs> All right. We're in the setup for the band uh, that occurs, uh, you know, in the backyard at night. Um, as I've noted before, it's basically a... Um, parable for cats make a lot of noise outside at night you know they're always knocking things around um so but the band always plays on the back fence in the backyard of heathcliff's house we can always see the back corner of heathcliff's house indeed we can see it in this panel um and it is um on the extreme right of the panel um with a window open and looking out is uh, the elderly man and uh, the little boy, Iggy, who lives with the elderly man, uh, presumably for tragic reasons. Um, 
in front of the uh, fence are a bunch of cats. Um, they're they're watching what's going on on the fence, and they all are. Uh, they all appear to be laughing uh, uproariously. And instead of a band uh, on the fence, fronted by Heathcliff, there is still Heathcliff on the fence. But um, there's one of those, um, like, sort of boxes, like wooden uh, boxes that, like, puppet theaters use, you know? Like, a basically a small proscenium stage in a box, and then two puppets are in it. And Heathcliff has the puppets. Heathcliff is above it, standing above it with like the little marionette sticks in his hands. So he's operating the puppets. We can see inside the 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 play box, um, on this miniature stage, is a miniature version of the man Heathcliff lives with, and Heathcliff himself. So Heathcliff is puppeteering a scene that evidently these cats find hilarious. Um, probably from life or based upon life between a puppet version of himself and a puppet version of the man um, that he lives with. The real world man in the upper corner window looking out on this has a cross expression on his face. Uh, Iggy is smiling, sort of smirking at everything that's going on. And the real world man is saying... I don't like his puppet shows. There's just so many insults that you have to accept being in Heathcliff's world, aren't there? Like, you know, he's he comes and goes as he pleases. He, he steals from everybody he meets. He, he rules by fear, as I've said multiple times. And then on top of it all, he has a satirical puppet show about you. At what, at what point, <laughs> I mean, when does Heathcliff lose, you know? Because, cause, I mean, you, you look at the, you, you know, to, to go back to the Trump era or the current time, like, at what point does this guy lose? People are very focused on, like, all the investigations into him and the long history of his criminality, um, and we're, and and you know people who oppose him, myself included, are oppositional not simply because of his policies, though his policies are abhorrent. Um, he puts children in cages. Um, he's a cartoon villain, but many are opposed to him because he's so unsettling to a sense of justice, you know, like this is a man who is now in his seventies, who has gone through his entire life, just grifting and stealing, stiffing contractors, running casinos, running a fake school, having bad meat (laughs) as one of his sales. Like, you, you almost admire his ability to make a great fortune out of total crap, you know? I mean, he 
he's also unsettling because he could do that uh, based off of his skin color, maleness, and being born wealthy. Uh, this is not this is not an avenue open to a lot of people, and his ability to capitalize on that uh, is something else that is almost almost something you have to like look at and be like wow he really if nothing else he really capitalized on that it's selfish and terrible and he's an awful person but uh so be it in the you know in in that way you look at him and it's very unsettling because is he ever going to lose, you know? Like, people put a lot of faith in Bob Mueller and and the investigational process. Um, but it hasn't, it hasn't stopped him ever before, you know? This was guy, this guy was a crime, was committing crimes for a long time. He's doing real shady shit for a long time. He got away with it. He got to be president because of it. What says any of that stops? Will Heathcliff ever lose? Will the people rise up against him? The people that he has so taken advantage of? When will he go too far? You know, is it the puppet show? Is it a supposedly, like, a seemingly small thing? Is that what takes him out? I I think it will be a seemingly small thing, if anything, that finally snaps us on Donald Trump. It'll be a type of thing where we go, wait, really? But he did all this and this and this, and then that? That's it? Or, you know, we'll see the P-tape. Let's move on to the comic for Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. Um, so Heathcliff is seated on sort of a hill. So it's more like a small mound than a hill, but there is a tree at the top of it. He's dead center in the panel, seated under the tree. In the background are some fluffy clouds, beautiful blue sky. In the lower right corner of the panel are Iggy and the kid uh, Iggy is friends with who never speaks but who wears a propeller beanie wherever he goes. They're looking up uh, the hill towards Heathcliff. Uh, under, as I said, Heathcliff's dead center in the panel. He's sitting, he's sitting under a tree on this, you know, grassy, hilly mound. His legs are crossed and he has a notepad in his hand and he, um, a pencil. So he's writing something on this notepad. Iggy's mouth is open and he's providing caption to the panel and he's saying, another one of his meat sonnets. There's one that invites the reader to imagine 
the hour or so before this panel occurred. My, you know, there are several possibilities here. One is that somebody was like, where's Heathcliff? And everybody's like, I don't know. And he's been gone for a while. And they send out like teams to look for him because missing cat, but also he could be doing very bad things. And then Iggy finds him, sees what he's up to. And he's like, all right, well, we figured this out. But what I think is more likely is that Iggy and his friend have so little that's entertaining in their life that they just follow Heathcliff around, hoping that, you know, some sort of mayhem will ensue. Uh, and that's a pretty good bet, you know? Like, Heathcliff's always doing terrible extra-legal things. And it raises the question... If that's true, are they disappointed today because Heathcliff isn't doing anything particularly exciting? He's just sitting there writing. Additionally, how does Iggy know what Heathcliff is writing? He's standing, as pictured, probably 20, 30 feet from him. Um, the fact that Heathcliff can write is, by the way, just something we have accepted and moved on from. What uh, how many sonics could you write about meat anyway? And are these good sonnets? Does Heathcliff actually have a poet's soul? He doesn't seem to. He seems to have uh, a mean-spirited psychosis to him, which a lot, to be fair, a lot of writers do. But he doesn't seem poetic. He seems just thuggish and cruel. Let's move on. So this is the comic for Thursday, January 31st, 2019. Uh, it just so happens that's my, that's my uh, 41st birthday. So happy birthday, me. <laughs> and it is weirdly uh, relevant to my existence, so here we go. Um, <laughs> I really like this panel. Um, Heathcliff, we're in the park, or the same, we're in the same sort of setup or place that we've, we're just in a, a, a sort of hilly field. We're close in on Heathcliff, who's in the dead center of the panel, uh, who is, uh, uh, pushing a large ball and it's a ball that's heavily cross-hatched and yellowed um, up a hill up that hill so he's dead center he's pushing a ball up that hill um, in the extreme left of the panel uh, where you know the hill sort of ends um, there's another sort of rolling hill and a tree. And uh, the tree itself, uh, all its leaves are in the top left corner of the panel, and there's two bluebirds sitting in the tree. Um, one of their mouths is open, and it's providing the caption to the panel, and it is saying, 
he keeps rolling that hairball up the hill. So, let's talk about Sisyphus. Uh, Sisyphus of, is, is, is a creature or a, a king from Greek mythology. Um, and, uh, you know, you t- like I, I, I did a little reading uh, in, in thanks to the magic of recorded media. I could pause this, take a little uh, break to read up on the guy. Um, and, you know, basically the basics are, and you do have to be reductive when reading Greek mythology um, because, like, stories tra- transform with time but also are kind of just insane um, in part because, you know, if you, if you, if in f- 500 years, um, somebody discovers the Simpsons. The Simpsons are so of the era they're in that even now, you know, if you go back to early episodes, um, there are parts that don't, that they still make sense, but you got to sort of remind yourself of what was going on at the time. In the same way, you know, stuff from that long ago, stuff might happen and it might be because of some colossal in-joke that everybody at the time got and you're just reading it and you're like, wait, an ox just walked in and stepped on somebody's foot and everybody, nobody was, nobody did anything? Nobody has a reaction to that? Well, everybody had a reaction to it. It was just like, it was about something else and we don't understand it. But the point I'm making is like the basics of the myth of Sisyphus are that Sisyphus was a king in one of the Greek city states and he was a big old jerk um, and did a lot of like real, um, you know, rule, rule with an iron fist stuff. And, but he was also very crafty and he kept kind of, you know, outsmarting the gods and at one point he outsmarts death. Um, and uh, everybody's like, well, what do we do? And finally the gods get the upper hand again. And they're like, all right, you jerk. Now you're going into, into Hades. And they send him there. And Hades is full of the ironic punishments. So in, in Hades, Sisyphus has to um, uh, push... Uh, a giant boulder uh, endlessly up a hill. And as soon as he gets near the top, it rolls right back down. And he has to, he has to go back down to the bottom of the hill and start over. And um, that's his punishment for thinking he's smarter than the gods. He's just got to do this menial task over and over and over and over for all eternity um, with no relief. So that's fun, right? And now Heathcliff is, uh, is stuck doing a menial task over and over and over again for all eternity with no relief. Um, and it seems to be, you know, in the same way, Heathcliff is a hubristic figure. I'm sure if Heathcliff were, 
you know, to, were to come before Zeus, he'd be like, I can outsmart Zeus. Sure, let me get one of my robots. And, like, there'd be a big battle, and maybe Zeus would lose once, and then Heathcliff would be like, I can beat Death, and I'm going to I'm gonna put him in chains. And then there'd be another battle, and Death would wind up in chains. And uh, then, uh, you know, Zeus would be like, all right, but uh, we'll make things real tough for you. And then eventually Heathcliff would relent and, you know, that um, would happen and uh, Heathcliff eventually loses. So the point is, I guess, if you're looking for uh, someone to get taken down a peg, somebody in power, somebody strong, might happen. Let's move on. This is the comic for Friday, February 1st, 2019. So this is the exact setup we have seen um, before. A, uh, there's a... There's a, a corner. We're, in, we're inside Heathcliff's house, and there's a corner... And in, uh, in the corner is sort of like takes up the top right of the panel down to the lower right of the panel. Um, so that's that's a wall in the house. And seated and Heathcliff is seated in front of the wall, and there's several mice in the area. We'll get to them in a minute. And then around the corner, looking around the corner and standing in on the left side of the panel is the elderly man who lives with Heathcliff and the pest control guy. We know it's the pest control guy. He's wearing a uniform. It's got a name tag on it. He's got a hat on, and he's carrying a case, presumably full of pest control uh, stuff that says pest control on it, just to drive it home. Now, Heathcliff, like I said, he's seated. He's seated on like a little wooden stool, uh, in front of the wall and walking away from him holding their butts are two mice and a little little stars are coming off their butts so their butts hurt uh, and then uh, bent over Heathcliff's knee is a third mouse Heathcliff's ar right arm is raised and uh, he is about to strike the mouse on the bottom Okay. The pest control guy's mouth is open. He's providing the caption of the panel, and he's saying, studies show spanking doesn't work. Uh, sort of a disturbing equal, equal sign being drawn between mice and children here. It's also just generally disturbing to see spanking <laughs> happening. Uh, Heathcliff is laying hands on the butts of other creatures. And it's not like, I mean, it, it, these are, it, these are other autonomous beings. They're not his students. They're not, uh, they're not his children. And I'm not saying that spanking would be particularly acceptable under either of those situations, but those are the situations where you see spanking. Instead, these are other adult animals. 
and Heathcliff is spanking them, which is usually only done in a um, in a sexual <laughs> uh, scenario. I think we should move on to the panel for uh, Saturday, February 2nd, 2019, which was Groundhog Day. We're in, um, and this is a, this is an interesting perspective. You know, we've not seen this sort of perspective before. At least I haven't in Heathcliff. We're in a yard and I believe it is a backyard in one of the suburban homes. We can certainly see in the far distance other suburban homes, fences and whatnot. They're, um, They're interestingly canted, and what I mean by that is there's one on the right and there's one on the left, and they're both um, skewed diagonally so that they're kind of pointed towards the center of the panel. In fact, all lines, all straight lines, are pointed towards the center of the panel, which is a very you know, kind of cool, interesting artistic choice. In the center of the panel are two groundhogs. Um, You know, again, Groundhog's Day, February 2nd. They're um, popping out of two holes that they've dug uh, in, in the sod. And then stand, like, moving into the panel from where we, from our perspective, is a shadow. And it is Heathcliff's shadow. We can tell it's Heathcliff's shadow. It's Heathcliff's shape. There's two um, pointy ears at the top of it. You know, we can make out the shape of Heathcliff's head as well. And then Heathcliff's body um, extending out from the very bottom of the panel. And it, too, is approaching the center of the panel where the groundhogs are. One of the groundhogs' mouths is open. It's providing the caption to the panel, and it is saying, "There's that shadow again." So it's a it's a curious little spin on the groundhog mythology. You know, like he uh, they don't see their own shadow; they see Heathcliff's shadow. And Heathcliff does loom large over the world of Heathcliff. After all, it is called Heathcliff, right? He looms large. He is there constantly. They can all see him constantly. They're never free from him. And you can imagine very easily that on the local news, instead of, did the groundhog see its shadow? The question would be, did the groundhog see Heathcliff's shadow? And if they saw Heathcliff's shadow, what does that mean for us? Is it does it mean that winter will end early? Does it mean the groundhogs will be killed? Does it mean six more weeks of robots? That's unclear. But they see a shadow. Uh, And that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, 
as always, uh, if, if you'd like to tell me anything at all, you can do so at yourpalgarbageape at gmail.com. Please don't rate or review this on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or anything else. That's a waste of your time. Uh, but do please have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.